People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode of Jewel. Hi, Em. I got to tell you, starting off the week here and not having a Euphoria episode to at least debrief, it feels sad. I can't say that I enjoy that. I mean, there's a very clear gaping hole in my life right now. It feels like a void, no? Yes, that I'm actively trying to fill. Although I will say, I think that getting some content from Fashion Week really helps because watching Alexa Demi and not being able to differentiate in my mind between her and Maddie makes me feel like I'm getting all this behind the scenes content of the show. The video of her at the Balenciaga show in Paris sitting next to Kim really did something to me because in my mind, I'm like, Maddie, how the fuck do you know Kim Kardashian? Right. Like, Kim, you go to Euphoria High School? That's how I felt, especially given the fact that Kim's outfit at that particular show was the Balenciaga duct tape. It almost seemed like something that the costume designers on Euphoria could have dreamt up. A million percent. Also, it made me so proud to see Alexa Demi sitting front row next to Kim at the show. I'm like, Yes, I love watching your rise to fame and you belong to be sitting right fucking there. Well, she's been in the spotlight for a while. I mean, she's been running with this crowd forever with Selena Gomez, with Bella Hadid, all of them. And she's been acting for a really long time, but it's definitely in the last few years where her fame has kind of skyrocketed. You know how Kim is constantly late to watching every single TV show? I Mm -hmm. wonder if she's watched Euphoria yet. I just feel like there's no world in which she's watched it and not posted about it. Oh, you think because Drake is a producer that she wasn't allowed to? (laughs) Like not allowed to, but was purposely not to not kind of rock the boat during that time with Kanye? Or is that a ridiculous thought that I shouldn't have even just said? Em, I won't lie to you. That was kind of an absolutely insane thought process. And I (laughs) wouldn't have crossed my mind in a million years. Right. So there's no way that that's the case, right? No, I mean, I don't think so. I, I I can't remember her having ever posted about it or tweeted about it or anything. So she may not have watched it yet, which would be par for the course. Every single show she watches, she's about a year and a half behind on. No, it's true. Also, the other thing that I wanted to ask you is, obviously, we've seen a lot of behind the scenes footage of Jacob Elordi and Dominic Fike at Paris Fashion Week. 
when you see Jacob Elordi specifically when he's in that black outfit with the Bottega crossbody, do you think Jacob Elordi or do you think Nate Jacobs at first visual? And that's a question to everybody, actually. I very specifically think Jacob Elordi at Fashion Week. And the reason for that is because I'm really into the way Jacob Elordi dresses, like that specific style of fashion on a guy I'm very into. So because I see him dressing like that and it's so vastly different than Nate's kind of jockey high school character, which is like (laughs) the other type of fashion that I'm into, it differentiates it so much in my mind. It makes me 10 times more attractive to Jacob Elordi if that was even possible to see him in fashion week. <laughs> and I'm so the opposite. <laughs> right. But well, I agree with you though. I think that the difference in clothing style absolutely separates the two in my mind. Like when I look at him, I'm not thinking Nate necessarily because there's just no world in which Nate Jacobs is wearing a crossbody Bottega. And while I find him very attractive at Paris Fashion Week, the just classic jeans t-shirt Nate Jacobs quote look, I think is more what I'm into typically. No, I mean, the part in the season where he's in gray sweatpants, a black shirt and a chain will outdo every single fashion week look for me uh, between him or any other person on the planet. But there is something about a celebrity, especially a male celebrity who's already hot coming into their own in the fashion world. And I think he has such a unique, attractive style that sets him apart from his character. Okay. Obviously this is completely different. So I don't mean to draw a comparison because it's not differentiating between a character and then real life since he's a reality star. However, a few years ago when Scott Disick made his style transformation into the more athleisure kind of simple wear, as opposed to the full three-piece suits that he was wearing, I had a similar reaction to that evolution that I feel you are having to Jacob Elordi, even though it's completely opposite. Does that make sense in your head? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's so different. And we were literally just talking about this last episode or maybe two episodes ago where I said Scott coming into his own in that way and dressing more street and casual taught me so much about what I'm attracted to in a way a guy dresses. With Jacob Elordi, it's kind of different because yes, there's the character differentiation, but also like, for example, if I saw Scott wearing what Jacob Elordi was wearing, I'd be like, okay, let's let's cut this shit out. I think there's a lot to be said. I think what it is is less about the actual clothes that Jacob Elordi is wearing and more about the way in which he carries himself and pulls them off. Right. It's like he's wearing the clothes, the clothes aren't wearing him. Very similar to Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Or like even certain outfits when I see Justin in them. I, do I have to say Bieber or are we at that point where I can just cut out the Bieber? I'm, I'm genuinely asking you. We don't have to cut this out. No, I think you can. I mean, what other Justin are you talking about? Timberlake? No, never. God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. I I sat here and was like, you know, Justin Timberlake's kind of coming into his own fashion-wise. No. When I see Bieber taking some risks and dressing in certain fashion ways, I'm like, yes, because you can pull it off. You carry yourself in such a way that you can wear anything. And not everybody does. It's just you have to find what works for you. And I think Jacob Elordi right now is having such a moment and he's at the top, top of his game. And to elevate his fashion game – to that extent, is working for him in a way that it can't work for everybody. Yeah. By the way, not that Zendaya had much room to go up because I think she's always been at the top fashion-wise, but recently that one Valentino campaign, I think kind of just put her over the edge for me. And to be clear, she was always in my top three best-dressed women in Hollywood, but specifically recently, I think she's going in the top two. 
Zendaya is somebody who can just wear anything and it will look like the greatest outfit you've ever seen in your life. And then on top of that, I think La Roach is an absolute god. No, he's a genius. And we were actually having this conversation separately off the podcast a few days ago about how we feel we're getting to the point where not all the time, but a decent amount, or at least occasionally, we can look at a red carpet and be able to tell who styled who just based on the looks, which is something, I don't know if this is at all relatable to anybody listening, but I remember growing up when I would watch E! News live from the red carpet and I would watch Brad Goreski and Juliana Rancic and Joan Rivers give all of their takes. I was so amazed at how they would just know the stylist off the top of their heads. And I'm not fully there yet by any means. I mean, fashion is not something that I would say I'm the most well-versed in when it comes to high fashion, but I do feel like we're able to pick up on some of these stylistic tendencies and it's fun to know that. Yeah, that's a good point because I do remember watching the red carpets and even up until recently hearing them discuss and be like, oh, this is such a good pick, so classic that he would have picked this out for her to wear anything along those lines. And I remember thinking, how do you guys know that? Like, how do you guys know what somebody would pick out? And now I feel like I'm starting to be able to differentiate that ever so slightly. And again, I don't necessarily know if that's me paying more attention or getting more involved, or if it's that conversation that we often have about how, because of the Kardashians in part, or, or mainly because of the Kardashians, style teams are so much more recognizable. Like I know when Chris Appleton does someone's hair without even having to click on it. I know what a Chris Appleton blowout looks like. And so I feel like it's less about me being more attuned to the fashion and in general, be me being more attuned to people's teams. See, I actually think that applies more to the Kardashians specifically talking about hair and makeup. In terms of stylists and being more aware of them. Yes, on some level with you and I, I think we just care more and maybe we're more tuned into that. But I think it's also a combination of the fact that it's now really frowned upon for celebrities to, let's say, post their outfit from the night and not tag their stylists, where back in the day, in the beginning of social media, that wasn't as much of a thing. But on top of that, I think because these stylists have created such names for themselves that if you are somebody, I would imagine listening to this podcast or somebody that's aggressively well-versed in pop culture, like you really give a shit about this stuff, you are following La Roche, you are following Maeve Riley and Mimi Cottrell, and those are just part of your roster of who you know that you need to have on your timeline if you want to get all the angles. And that was never the case a few years ago. Well, that's true. I mean, social media changed the game for everything, but I think also, yeah, specifically with stylists. I mean, when we were saying, when we would watch when we were younger, and we were like, well, how do you know what a specific stylist style is? For us, the reason that it was such a hard concept probably for us to comprehend is because we only heard those names really mentioned when it was applied to red carpets. That was what we were seeing them dressed for. And never once did it really cross our minds that their day-to-day outfits and going to lunch outfits or going to dinner at Nobu outfits were things that were picked out by a stylist. So now when they post those pictures of them at a random night out, that's not a red carpet event. That's literally just them going out with friends, but tag their stylist. We get to see every approach to fashion they have, not just the big events. So yeah, I mean, social media changed the game entirely in terms of learning the teams, but I also think it's the exact same concept or a very similar concept to the glam team where it's like they have become their own people. I know the names were always mentioned on award shows of who the stylist was, but I don't think they carried the same or nearly the same amount of weight until social media became a thing. 
It's actually interesting because in terms of the ability to recognize a stylist's work, I actually think I would have a far easier time when evaluating non-red carpet looks because, for example, let's take Megan Fox, a paparazzi photo of her, a stage paparazzi photo of her, walking down the streets of Beverly Hills in some sort of a monochromatic look. I know that that's Maeve Riley's work the second I see it. Whereas when it comes to red carpet looks, I sometimes find that I have not as easy of a time identifying. Well, that's also very specific to me and you because we specifically like street fashion and day-to-day fashion better than red carpet. Same conversation. We like seeing things that we would want to wear ourselves and we're much more likely to see an outfit of Hailey Bieber walking down the street and being like, wow, that's some shit I want on my body versus seeing somebody on a red carpet and just being like, wow, that is an absolutely gorgeous, beautiful dress. But you take somebody like Isabel and I guarantee you that Isabel would have a far easier time picking out from a red carpet stylist than a street fashion stylist. Right. It's just very representative, I guess, of your personal style or kind of what you aspire for your own style to be. And yes, if I was choosing, if I could have somebody style me for like a dinner out or some sort of a gala, 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to choose the dinner because I know that the gala is so much less frequent. And I think that I'm simple with that stuff. Give me a long tight black dress. I'm fine. Whereas I would love help in finding, let's say a really cool oversized leather jacket to wear out to dinner on a Thursday night. But yeah, you're right. Very personal. Let me tell you something. I have a stylist and it's Haley R. Bieber closet on Instagram. I know. Amazing account to follow. (laughs) Maybe one of the best ones of recent. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, not as they really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so... I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Then the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. 
Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T H E O U A I dot com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot com promo code CELEBS. Also, to bring it back to Euphoria for a second, the finale was on the 27th. And obviously, we're all mourning the absence of the next two years. And then the day after that is when there was speculation about Sydney Sweeney potentially being engaged because you saw the photos of her at the gas station with what looked like an engagement ring. And then two days later, we get confirmation that she is engaged. So just to add to the conversation about non-euphoria plot lines happening around euphoria characters to kind of supplement the absence, that's a big one. Huge one. My heart breaks for everybody that found out she wasn't single because it is such a non-publicized relationship. Like even I forgot that she was in a three-year long relationship and that an engagement would make sense. I can't imagine if you're just somebody who watches Euphoria and fell in love with Sydney Sweeney and then you had to find out news that not only does she have a boyfriend, but she's actually engaged. I felt heartbreaks all over America, all over the world. Yeah. I mean, she did an interview with Cosmo earlier this year and she said, quote, I don't date people in the spotlight. And she's made that very clear. The guy, for anybody who's unaware that she is engaged to, his name is Jonathan Devino. He owns a few restaurants in Chicago and his family also owns a technology and packaging company, but he's very much fame adjacent, like can hang with the crowd and I think does very well for himself, but he's not necessarily in the spotlight. And not that I feel I know Sydney Sweeney that well, like not that I know her well at all, what I'm saying from like a quote, how well do you know a celebrity perspective? But the little that I know, this makes so much sense to me. I can never, ever imagine her with Jacob Elordi, for example, which is why when I watch those scenes of Nate and Cassie, yeah, I'm obviously ridiculously turned on and they're such a hot couple, but there's no part of me that wants that to translate into real life because I just know it's completely not feasible. I know it's not feasible, but I would be absolutely lying to your face if I said I didn't want it to translate into real life. When she posts Instagrams of them, that's when I really see it. Like there's one that she posted and he's hanging over her shoulder and they're looking at each other. And I had that moment of like, this could work in real life. Again, I don't know her personality well enough. And you're a hundred percent right in the sense of everything we do know would match up well with her being with somebody completely out of the spotlight. But I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say I can't picture that because I I quite often picture it all the time. Superficially, it makes a lot of sense. Like you watch that scene of Dane Cassie and you tell me you're not turned on. I'm going to tell you that you're lying. But having watched both of them be interviewed many times, I would say over the past few months, I just don't see that working in real life, which again, what is the point of having this conversation? She's literally engaged to the guy she's been dating for three and a half years, but still fun to think about. Yeah, I mean, to that point, when Jacob Elordi and Zendaya were rumored to be dating and they were spotted all over the city together, I was obviously so into it because they are such a hot couple together. But I never really saw them as a match, I don't think. Whereas when I see the chemistry between Zendaya and Tom Holland, it's like, wow, that is so palpable and so real. So yeah, I guess with Jacob Elordi and Sydney Sweeney, it would probably be more of an aesthetics thing in the same way that I see Zendaya and Jacob Elordi as an aesthetics thing, just like a strikingly gorgeous couple, but maybe not a couple couple. Let me tell you something. I'm going to admit it now. I'm embarrassed to say it, but I will be truthful. I was slow to build on the whole Zendaya, Tom Holland thing. From the jump, I thought that they were really sweet together because I think that they seem to both be really good people, but I didn't fully get it. And I can be honest, that was a projection because of how I feel about taller men. 
And I think it took me a second to realize like she just doesn't care. And there's a lot of women that just do not care. And I have to get over that because it's like, that's a me thing, not a her thing. And once I got over that, I think I appreciate them so much more now because when you watch interviews, she's smitten as well. Don't get me wrong, but he is in love. He's like actively processing the fact that he's dating her. And I just think that he's kind of operating in almost a constant state of disbelief. That's how I feel too. I I link it back to Justin a lot because I think that the way Justin talks about Haley and posts about her and Haley does a red carpet or a photo shoot or a campaign for the 999th time and Justin will post it 999 times because he's so in awe of her. That's how I feel about Tom Holland. Like Tom Holland does the ultimate Instagram boyfriend thing, which is solo picture of Zendaya on his feed, which is a Justin move through and through. And to me, that is, that's the ultimate sign of love. <laughs> you always say that. And I just hope people know that <laughs> you don't really mean it. No, I, I, what do you mean? My grandparents have been married for 65 years. They love each other more than I've ever seen. I have a very clear example of what love is. And I know that love is putting a solo shot of your girlfriend on your Instagram feed. Because you are in such awe of the fact that you are dating her that she gets her own post. I'm sorry. Tell me a better definition of love. <laughs> you can't. That's why you have nothing to say right now. I can think of a million things because personally for me, as you know, with my photo anxiety, I would say that that's my worst nightmare, but I understand from your perspective, I just respectfully disagree. However, I love when Justin does it. I celebrate it. It's just not my love language in the slightest. I had a boyfriend for two and a half years and nobody knew. I don't think I, I never, not even did a soft launch. I never posted him once. It's different. We're not talking about the same thing here. It has nothing to do with, with us normal people. Okay, fair. I'll, I'll rest my case. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges and the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just <laughs> gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you, I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims. 
which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I'm a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Also, I am absolutely thrilled to report that Kim Kardashian has officially removed the West from both her Instagram and Twitter bio. And as far as I'm concerned, that's worthy of celebration. It absolutely is. It's funny. We've been waiting for this for a while. I think since the divorce was announced, we've been waiting to see when she was going to drop the West. But there was something very, very powerful about her waiting until it was absolutely 100% official. Right. It's interesting because there was nothing legally binding there. Technically, she could have dropped it whenever she wanted. But she waited and it was a very intentional choice. Obviously, she knew that there would be a million stories announcing the removal after she did it. But I can't decide if it was a Kanye-centric choice, meaning she wanted to wait for it to be official so that there was nothing that he could say that it could have any sort of credibility, or if she was almost doing it for herself. Like To use the word reward is, is incorrect. I'm just struggling to find a better word at the moment, but almost as like a fuck, finally. Finally, I can do this and it's legit because I am no longer legally married. Yeah, like almost like she wanted to further validate herself, like to have removed it preemptively would have been like, okay, I made this decision and it's not official yet, but at least I can look at my name and it's different versus it's official and it's done and it's legal. And now that that's the case, I'm going to be able to stare at this every day with knowing that knowledge. And there, you know what, when you think about it, I, I really understand the decision to wait when you put it into that perspective. No, it makes complete sense. And also I feel it's very on brand for just the way Kim operates in general, because it's a silent thing. She's not making an announcement. It's literally the removal of four letters, but she knows what comes with that. And I think that she wants to wait to have her T's crossed and her I's dotted before she pulls that plug. And it's exactly the order of events I would have anticipated if you were to ask me. Yeah, I agree. Wait, also the best content from this entire week is the girl who posted the TikTok in North's basketball game. Holy shit. We didn't even talk about that. Wait, I I know because I know you've been so busy and I sent it in the group the other day and we never discussed it after even though I was obsessing over it. But you did see it, right? No, I saw it. Okay, for anybody who didn't see it, Julie, do not let me forget. I need to put the link in the description so that you guys can watch this video and then come back. Basically, it was somebody who was at Northwest basketball game and Kim and Kanye were both in the crowd and apparently they were talking and kind of very cordial with one another. But it just felt like such intimate footage, especially because every aspect of their relationship we've seen recently has been online in this very 
kind of public form all by Kanye. You knew that Kim was really opposed to it. You could tell that there was a lot of anger both ways. And this was completely the opposite, which by the way, is exactly what I would have expected at North's basketball game. Like there's no world in which any of their drama on social media would then make its way to the court side of Northwest, like six-year-old basketball game. But it was crazy how the show that we were watching online was completely opposite from the visual and the kind of account that that person who made the TikTok gave. And it was such incredible insight because someone had commented and asked when the video was from, and she said a week prior, so maybe two weeks at this point or a week and a half. And somebody else commented and said, wow, I'm shocked to see them both there. I would have thought like she would have had a restraining order against him at this point. Like that was like a genuinely serious comment that someone made. And the girl replied and said, no, actually they seem to be laughing and getting along really well. And they were sitting right next to each other. Obviously it's for the better, right? Like, of course you want the parents of a child to be able to get along, especially publicly. I just, and I know this is going to feel cynical. I just can't lie and say that I think any part of Kim was necessarily enjoying that or wanting to engage with him. I think that there is such a large portion of her time that's devoted to kind of just keeping the peace and keeping him from saying something she really doesn't want him to say. And so, yes, in general, is there any world in which she would behave in any way other than that at North's game? Of course not. But I do think there's a certain amount of just like, let's keep things calm and it'll be better for all of us, which is upsetting that she even has to operate in that way. But I I do think that that's partially the case. Oh, definitely. I mean, and there also, I think, is that sense of relief that they're able to have some normalcy still in the things they do. I mean, there's nothing more normal than two parents going to watch their kids' basketball game. And just the setting itself being such a conducive environment to what Kim is trying to obtain in terms of co-parenting and then for them to be able to get along while doing that. Yeah, I'm sure it is not what Kim wanted to be doing in terms of having to sit with Kanye in the midst of all of this. But I think the knowledge that they were able to is probably exactly what she wanted. Totally, totally. Also, we didn't talk about this yet, but we actually posted this on our grid, which was one of the first times we've ever strayed from posting just a comment. But director James Gunn tweeted, for the record, Pete Davidson is one of the nicest, sweetest guys I know. A truly generous, tender, and funny spirit. He treats everyone around him with respect. And Kim liked it. And this was a few days after Kanye had released the Easy Music video. So I definitely think this was kind of a subtweet to that and just raising Pete up in the midst of Kanye really coming for him publicly. And I knew there was no world in which Kim, at least at the time, was ever going to make a public statement going against Kanye for the way he portrayed Pete in that video. But this to me was such a direct call to that. And again, a very Kim way. It was an intentional, like it was a way for her to get her thoughts about the music video out without ever having to say a word. And everybody fucking got it. Even I would say those who don't care that much, those who aren't that well-versed, they understood, and I know it's going to sound like a ridiculous statement, but it's true, they understood the gravity and the intention behind that like. Let me tell you, that was one hell of a like. And I have to say, it's one of the first times that Kim has interacted with this relationship on social media. I can only think of a handful of others, and there was definitely only one other like in my mind that carried the same amount of significance. Do you know which one I'm going to say? Was it Kim liking the photo that Pete's sister posted like months ago? Yes. Is that what you were going to say? Really? Yes. Okay. For anybody who doesn't know what she's talking about, it, I think we talked about this last week, but in the very early days when it was speculated that Kim and Pete were hooking up or dating, his sister had posted a photo of him and her courtside. 
at like a Knicks game and Kim liked the photo, which was a really big deal because she didn't even follow his sister at the time. So she clearly had to have seen the photo. Wow. I'm really surprised that that's what you were thinking. I agree with you. I just didn't know that's where you were going with it. That like carried so much weight for me. And there was a really big difference between that like and Kim liking this tweet. But the reason that I always think back to how significant that was is because it felt so strangely relatable in terms of just starting talking or hooking up with a guy. We're like, that like let Pete know that she liked him almost. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it was almost like we're just hooking up and I understand that for now, but also like your sister posted this photo of you and I want you to know that I acknowledge and I see that and I like it and like I'm interacting with your family. And to me, when I saw that, it was this moment of, oh, they're not just hooking up. There could be something here because she's really putting in the work versus this like, which is like fast forward a couple of months, we're in a relationship and I have your back. By the way, new series, analyzing Kim and Pete's relationship solely through social media patterns, which is interesting that we have enough to work with given the fact that he has such a small social media presence and has been on and off multiple times in the course of their entire history. Well, think about when he first joined or rejoined Instagram and she followed him almost right away and he was only following her and Sebastian Stan and I was like, that is some Beyonce and Jay-Z shit. Like if Jay-Z joined Instagram tomorrow, Beyonce would up her following to only following one person. It would be Jay-Z and he would only follow her. Like that is a sign of a pretty significant relationship in Hollywood. No, absolutely. It's just crazy that we have that much quote material to work with, given the fact that they are potentially on opposite ends of the social media spectrum. Like Kim is one of the most followed people in the entire world, has built her entire brand everything based on the intimacy of her social media and what she shares with her followers. And then you have Pete who dreads it, hates the entire thing as a concept, has been on and off, you know, most recently was on off. So I just can't believe we have that much to work with, even given the circumstances. No, I agree. But also the thing is, we're so obsessed with analyzing every detail of this relationship and just every single tiny little clue we get into the insight of what's going on with them, we're all over. So naturally, every single like, every single follow, every single slight interaction is going to be so much more magnified than you would see in any other relationship because A, we're getting so little from not social media and B, we still can't believe this is real and we're still operating in a state of disbelief about this entire relationship. So we're constantly like fucking in national treasure trying to figure out what's going on here. By the way, I I don't know if it was in the Bahamas, wherever she posted those photos from, where she's in the bikini and the towel and wearing some sort of a riding helmet. I just want anybody who DM'd us this to feel so validated because we got a lot of people zooming in on the helmet to see if it was Pete's reflection and wanting to know if we did the same thing. Two things. (laughs) Obviously we did. Second of all, unfortunately, it was not him in the reflection. Doesn't mean he wasn't there, but it was confirmed not him in the reflection, but God, do I wish that it was. Social media detectives are a different breed. And I have to say, Kim is so typically calculated in what she posts that I know this is a crazy thought. If he was in a reflection of something, that would be purposeful. She knows the way that people are on social media in terms of being able to find out every single little detail. And obviously, seeing Pete in the reflection of her helmet wouldn't have been that crazy. We know they're dating. like We know they are together. We know they vacation together. I know it sounds crazy, but it would almost be like a soft launch of him. Totally. And I know we've had this conversation many times. I just still don't know where I stand. I don't know if I find it more 
on brand for Kim to do something like that, intentional. So he'd be in the reflection, but she would know the frenzy that it would send the internet into. Or if she's going to go full out grid post of them together, no mistaking whether or not it's him, like take it to the next level and them shooting a skims campaign together. I don't know. I can't tell if, if we're doing a scale, right? So lowest end of the scale is where he's in the slight bit of the reflection, but she knew everyone would see it. Kind of like Eunice in the reflection of Courtney's fireplace Insta niche reference, but those who get it, get it. And then opposite end is like the campaign that Courtney and Megan Fox did. Imagine her doing that with Pete. I don't know where on that spectrum she falls because there's a part of me that thinks that she's going to be more ballsy than doing just a reflection. At the same time, she loves playing the game. I totally could see her just doing a reflection. I could also see her and this is an entirely separate conversation, being much more careful about posting him and taking much longer than she normally would have because of North's age and the cousin starting to be on social media and feeling like she really has to watch, not even in regard to Kanye, just in regard to her kids and and the content that they're absorbing, like really has to watch what she's posting in terms of knowing what they are going to end up seeing for sure, especially with kids their age at school. It's a whole other ball game now. And she's never dated under these conditions. Whereas I think with Courtney and Scott, because they've been apart for so long and they've dated so many different people, it's much less of a thought of how they're going to introduce them on social media. Oh, totally. Because there was so much back and forth throughout their entire relationship that that as a concept wasn't entirely new. Right. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Yeah, it's wild. Also, you and I, this podcast, have said the phrase 
operating in a constant state of disbelief multiple times. And it is 100% because of the fact that in my speech for my dad's birthday, I said, I operate in a constant state of disbelief that I get to be your kid. And I love that we have now recycled that into being in a constant state of disbelief about Kim and Pete. (laughs) I can't believe Kim and Pete, and I can't believe you get to be your dad's kid. I feel the exact same way. I am in a constant state of disbelief. (laughs) And I can't believe I get to benefit from both of those things. I know. It's like my two favorite things in the entire world. It's my greatest joy. (laughs) You guys, should we really quickly say before we get off? I was going to say, there's no way we can mention your dad and mention a speech and not explain what we did. Oh my God. So my dad's 70th birthday is this week and Julie and I have been back and forth to Florida to spend time with him throughout the winter. And he has you know, a bunch of friends down here. And so we did a dinner for him. And it was just like 22 of us, but obviously we don't live down here. So we had to rent a place. We had to do the whole thing. And he knew nothing. And like, if you know my dad, he did it. He did not want a thing. He was telling me up until the day before he's like, all right, do a potty for me. I'm not coming. He's like, I'm not coming. I don't want to do it. Like the whole thing, whatever. And we did it. We fucking did it up. Like got a party planner, rented the whole thing, floors, the whole nine. And I have to tell you, honestly, not to be dramatic, hands down one of the best nights of my entire life and to be able to be celebrating my dad's 70th with his best friend since he was five years old with my best friends, Julie, Isabel, Jake, and Carly. It was like, I'm still reeling and I just, it was so incredible and so special and I will never get over that night, Julie. I really won't. It was one of the best nights I've ever had. I'm not even just saying that. It was so unbelievably special. And let me tell you something. Mindy Weiss, if you happen to be listening to this episode, we made you very proud, I think. We made you very proud. You guys, we had the place cards like in front of everyone's seat. This photo of my dad smoking in Jamaica when he was like 26 years old, this like vintage photo. We put everyone's name on it. We had cookies from Funny Face Bakery of his face. It was just one of the greatest nights of my life and to be able to celebrate it with you was incredible. And I won't bore you guys with the rest of the details, but my heart is really warm from that. We're going to have to do a little story so people can see some behind the scenes content because they will die for the cookies, the ones of his face, the spellbound ones. Like everything was just out of control and so perfect. You know what's funny is that I posted like on my on my personal Instagram, obviously, like content from the night. And people keep replying and being like, Oh, was this like what event was this? And I'm like, What? It was it was Emma's dad's 70th birthday. You guys don't go down to Florida to celebrate your friend's dad's birthdays. <laughs> I just wish you could have seen, like, Julie and my dad were sitting at opposite ends of the table and they both have their own respective joints that they're lighting in the candle. <laughs> I was just like, only my dad's 70th. I'm still reeling. Greatest night of my life. And thank you for doing it with me, Julie, because I'll remember that forever. My greatest honor. (laughs) Okay. Well, we love you guys. We'll be back later this week for Bravo and Kardashians. And we're so lucky to be able to do this. And we love you. Thank you for listening. 